Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. We are in this incredible series, The Great Escape, and it is true, Pastor Paul was on fire last week. If you missed church, do whatever you need to do. Get on YouTube, get on the podcast, and listen to last week's message because it will really help you discover freedom that is found only in a life with Christ. I love last week because we talked about the importance and the opportunity we have in Christ to live liberated. Are you living liberated? Or are you living bound? Because if there's anything this year has tried to do, it's try to lock us down. But Jesus wants you and I to discover true freedom, which means a liberated life. But I've discovered in my own life, and as Pastor Paul said last week, it takes not only an acknowledgement, but a commitment to be free and stay free. This concept, this idea of the great escape, what would it be like if you could escape all the worries of your world? Just for a moment, think how good life would be if you actually lived liberated. Because we find that that's how our lives can be when Jesus is on the inside. Oh, it doesn't mean we're void of having to go through a worldwide pandemic. It doesn't mean we're void of the challenges of having to have enough money to live here on planet Earth, but true freedom is found and true liberation is found when Jesus lives on the inside. But this morning, right now, we're gonna focus in on the second part, and then next week, we've got a great conclusion with Pastor Paul, and this week, we're gonna focus on the subject matter of focus. Freedom is the establishment we need to get to an understanding and an acceptance of freedom, but then it moves a click, it changes gears, and now you and I need to live with focus. It's very, all very well to say I'm free because I have Jesus and not live focused only to discover that you were going the wrong way, only to discover that there are things in life that are there and if you don't make a decision to push through, they will stop you getting into this liberated life. And so we're going to start by having a look at a great passage in Hebrews. Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. But I want you to discover that Hebrews 11 talks about uh, and recounts and records the incredible heroes of faith. These aren't just people that are unattainable. They're ordinary people like you and I, but we pick it up here in Hebrews 12 verse 1 where it says, as for us, so the writer of Hebrews is explaining there are incredible heroes of faith and then he goes on to say, hey, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, painting the picture. They have been there for many a time, many a generation. They are people like you and I championing us on. So we must let go. I think COVID and the lockdown has taught a few of us some bad habits and trying to hold on. So we must let go, as we've been encouraged by the stories of faith in chapter 11, let go of what? Every wound. And this is where it starts to get a little bit niggly. <laughs> let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. The sin of a bad attitude, the sin of the disappointment of this year, the sin of the frustration of what we are 
in right now or what things in our life have turned out to be, the things that wound us, the things that cause sin in our lives, we easily fall into. Why do we have to do that? I love this, next verse, then. Because I want this part first. I want to be able to run. But the Bible says, no, you've got to let go. I've got to let go so that we will be able to run life's marathons race. We can then run it with what? Passion and determination, for the path has been already marked out before us. Verse two, we look away. This is now the writer telling you and I how to do this thing called life. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze, we focus onto Jesus. Why? Because he's the one who birthed faith within us. And he is the one who will, watch it now, lead us. He'll lead you and I in the great escape. He will lead us forward into faith's perfection. We have to let go so we can run, but the moment we start running is the moment we start to realize it's not in our own strength, <laughs> but actually in the gaze, in the focus on Jesus. Why? Because he's the one that was literally pierced. <laughs> he's the one that literally stood at the face of temptation and said no. He's the one who is our example, who can be trusted and counted on. He is the one who's done it before. He's doing it now, and he will always do it again, so we fix our eyes on him. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the power of your presence in our lives. And we just pray that today, as we come around this powerful scripture, we would get a fresh revelation of the focus we can implement in our lives on you. Lord God, we thank you for freedom. We thank you for a liberated life, but we choose to focus in on what you're saying to us specifically. Let this not just be another message that we hear or another message I preach, but Lord, would you speak in and through my life? Holy Spirit, would your presence transcend right through that camera, camera lens to those tuning in online, those right now in the chapel, us here in the auditorium. Would you have your way in and through our lives in Jesus' mighty name? And everyone said, amen. amen. I don't know if you're like me, but have you ever wondered why a pigeon walks so funny? You know, like pigeons are interesting birds. They're quite annoying, they quite get in the way, but if you just took long enough to actually study how they walk, it's, a, it's fascinating. The pigeon has to walk the way it walks because its eyes do not have the ability to focus on something unless its head stops completely. So a pigeon walks like this, front, stop, back, stop. Front, stop, back, stop. Front, stop, back, stop. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know? Yeah, give it a try if you like. You know, join in on the fun. We're, we're learning about pigeons today. But the pigeon, as it takes a step forward, pushes its head forward, and it stops its head back in its spot to focus on where it needs to go. And as it takes another one, I don't know why it goes backwards, but that's a pigeon for you. It's able to focus again every time it stops. What's this got to do with our lesson today? <laughs> I think for many of us in the 21st century as Christians, 
We are moving so fast that we have an inability to stop and focus. We understand the concept of Jesus. We love the idea of freedom, but do we stop long enough to focus on what it actually means for us? See, if there's anything good that's come out of COVID, I know I had to search long and hard. I believe it's one thing. It's caused us all to stop and focus on what really matters. See, I've been a Christian since I was the age of three. I'm now 34 years old. I've seen and done a lot of church. I've been a Christian a long time, and I've discovered that the enemy's goal is to get you and I confused and distracted. And that can happen in the form of good things in our life. That they are going so well and we're moving so fast, we're the opposite of the pigeon. We don't even have a moment to stop long enough to focus on what really matters. But maybe today, it's an opportunity for you and I to recognize that this year is a year of great importance to our faith. See, globally, I think we're discovering humanity-wise how mortal we really are. No scientific smarts in that moment could save us from a virus. No way of protection or form or understanding of any decision maker and any great power around the world could keep the world going on as usual because in one moment, everything stopped. In one moment that no one saw coming, COVID hit and it caused the whole world to realize Remember back to those first few moments, like, what does this all mean? You saw the headlines like I saw the headlines. Are we all going to die? Is this it? Is life as we know it done? And for sure, life has changed forever. But I love the fact that this is a year that's caused us to stop, reflect, get a real reality check on our morality. But I believe not one where we stop and stay, but refocus as to where we need to go. Maybe for you, it is a reality moment this year where life sucks. Maybe you've stopped long enough for the first time in a long time to realize you're not happy with where life is at. Well, the good news is, through focus, you and I can discover the freedom that was talked about last week, the freedom we have in Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so if you need a great escape in your life, then I'm going to encourage you today that it is through our focus on Jesus that we start to discover the freedom, the liberation, and the no condemnation life we have in Jesus. But it takes a moment of focus. I think for many of us, we're going to need to walk out here looking like, acting like pigeons for a moment. <laughs> but the thing with focus I've learned in my own life is I could want all the focus of someone else because of how I see them live their life, but I've come to discover that it takes personal ownership to activate the focus in my life. And so whether you're in the chapel, you're online, you're here in the auditorium, I want to encourage you that with God, you are able to overcome whatever you are going through right now, but it will take a level of personal 
focus. As we read Hebrews 12 too, because Jesus himself, because his heart, watch this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross, and it was he who conquered its humiliation. And now, Jesus, because of all that, sits at the right hand of the throne of God, but it was because Jesus himself chose to be focused, the Bible says. Here we have Jesus in the midst of a pretty low, challenging moment, yet he made a decision that he would live focused on you. That as he was preparing to die a gruesome death on the cross, the only way he endured the humiliation and the challenge of that moment was he was focused on you. So we're going to take a moment to have a look at what I think are the great benefits of a focused life. When we talk about the great escape, you and I need to realize that freedom is a huge benefit, but also focus is a huge benefit. Number one, I believe focus births God's purpose in our pain. Focus births God's purpose in our pain. Jesus himself faced temptation, the Bible says, so much so that it was his wilderness for 40 days. Like we hear that, but think about 40 days. That's a long time. A long time and a time where he was at his weakest moment and the enemy came. Maybe right now you're feeling like you're at the lowest of lows. You're feeling like you can't continue. Jesus has been there. And Jesus shows us a way to use the challenge of what may be knocking at our door for the negative and turning it into a positive through focus. He knew who his focus was. You and I was that. And in Luke 4, verse 18 to 19, Jesus speaking in his lowest moment, comprehend this, 40 days in the wilderness, the devil himself is there trying to get him to succumb to the temptation. And at his lowest moment, he starts to declare words like this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. I can guarantee you he didn't feel like saying that. In the face of his greatest challenge, he goes on to say, it's he who has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, you and I that blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor, watch this, not will come, has come. Now, naturally speaking, you and I would say, well, that's just a little bit over the top. Call a spade a spade. If you're in the pit, let the pit know you're in the pit. But isn't it interesting, Jesus in his lowest and his most challenging and his weakest moment, he's still declaring and praising that in my pain is where God's purpose is birthed. He's not proclaiming from a focus as a target way out there, hey, the time of the Lord will come. 
I hope it passes this whole painful scenario right now because it will come. No, no, in his pain, he declares God's purpose. In your moment of challenge, in my moment of challenge is where God does his greatest work. Why? Because when we are at our weakest moment, the Bible declares he is at his strongest. And so God's purpose is birthed in our pain. But if you're anything like me, all I can see in my pain is my pain. And I'm pretty sure Jesus teaches us that even though he knew very well what was going on, he chose to declare purpose because purpose is birthed in our pain. Watching this incredible life story by an incredible lady by the name of Jess that we're going to play down today because it's an incredible transformation of a young girl as she explains the journey of her life and how she had to make a decision to focus on who God was, even though it was in the midst of a painful scenario and she cried out to him. Why don't you check out this life story? Growing up, me and my sisters had always been told um, how beautiful we were and everyone always gave us compliments about our looks. And I think I placed a huge amount of value in that. And so when I was 14, one of my friends commented um, how I was fat. I kind of brushed it off and didn't really um, realize the impact that it had on me. But over the next few weeks, I began looking in the mirror and I no longer saw myself as beautiful or how I'd always see myself. But I began seeing myself as ugly and fat. And I just began to hate myself and I wanted to change that. And I wanted to change those feelings and disappointment my mind spiraled down into a really dark place. Before I knew it, I ended up deep dark down into an eating disorder where I was completely trapped, where I couldn't eat anything. Um, and it was like having a bully inside my head telling me that I couldn't eat, telling me that I couldn't drink anything. I ended up losing all my friends through it and completely isolating myself to the point where it was just me and this eating disorder. It impacted my parents in a huge way with them just being so worried. And it was like, they said it was like watching their daughter die in front of them without being able to do anything. Fighting against anorexia was so hard that it would have just been easier to give up. I remember going home from the doctor and just screaming in my room and just crying in the corner of my room. And just even yelling out to God, asking him why he'd actually let that happen to me and why I had to go through this. And I remember um, it was probably the first time ever in my life I'd really encountered hope. And I felt God just say, you're gonna get through this and you will be free again one day. And I saw just an image of me dancing um, one day free. And I, for me, I didn't know when it would be or how it would happen because it seemed impossible, but it gave me hope in my darkest moment. I went to a dance audition with my friend because um, I thought it was a good way to secretly exercise without anyone knowing. And I ended up auditioning um, and I ended up getting into a dance crew and through that discovered my passion for dance. A few weeks later on the day where I was meant to be hospitalized and put in hospital, um, we found out that our crew had been wild carded through to nationals. And I remember going to the doctors that day and she was filling out all the paperwork for me to go to hospital. And I just remember sitting there and being like, I have a choice. I have a choice whether I'm actually gonna fight and actually take back my life and actually go down the path of freedom and go to nationals and dance and do something I enjoy or whether I'm gonna stay trapped here, not being able to eat with a bully inside my head and ending up on a hospital bed. And that day I chose to fight. 
through beginning to put on weight and actually beginning to eat again, God began to set me free little by little. It was a matter of months and months and months of declaring God's truth over my life before the lies actually began to shift. You need support, you need people speaking life over you, you need people fighting for you when you can't fight for yourself. And so I think having my family and having some key people around which would pray for me and which would speak truth and hope and destiny over me was a real key part in me becoming free. Pretty powerful, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you heard it, but just was saying, you know, I felt completely trapped. In fact, she said, you know what, it would have been easier to give up. But I love that she, (laughs) in her pain, knew nothing else but to focus on Jesus, to call out to him. And in that moment, as she said, I encountered hope. I think sometimes we need to be reminded it's not actually about trying to limit the challenges in our life, but actually challenge the limits. And I wonder how many of us are living still limited and not liberated by the freedom, as we spoke about last week, but are actually limited because there is no focus beyond what you can see. And maybe like Jess, your life is in a place where it really feels like it would be easier to give up or it feels like there is no way out. Well, I'm here to breathe hope into you. There is a way out and his name is Jesus. But it takes a decision moment in the pain to realize and call out and have God's purpose be birthed. Secondly, I think another benefit of the focus in our lives is this, that focus births God's power in our potential. Focus bursts the power of God in the potential of our life. I love this story that I read this week as I was preparing for today. It says there was a UPS delivery worker in America by the name of Buddy Armstrong, and he was delivering a package to an 84-year-old man named Thomas. And as he got to his home to deliver this package, he heard an alarm going off inside. Funny thing was, Buddy, this UPS delivery worker, was also a volunteer firefighter, so he called the emergency services, and he went inside the home along with the sheriff's deputy. Sergeant Jerry says that when they got into the house, they found a whole lot of smoke, but they could not find the source of it all until the firefighters arrived. And when the firefighters arrived, they discovered that there was a decorative magnifying glass on a mantelpiece. And the sun had happened to hit it at just the right angle, and it had caused such a focus on some nearby pile of mail that started a fire in the home. Thankfully, the 84-year-old Thomas was not at home at the time, and thankfully, the UPS worker happened to be a volunteer fighter fire, and thankfully, he listened for something greater than what his job was that day, and there was a disaster avoided. But I want you and I to discover that when our lives align to the Word of God and we actually do life the way He's designed our lives to be done, not void of challenge, not void of the world we live in, but in right stead with how God has painted our lives to be, it is like that magnifying glass where His power hits our lives 
and there is a shift, a significance, a moment that takes place where we start to see things happen that don't happen for other people. Freedom is first, but focus is second. And 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 4 says this, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Ever felt like you need a few extra things? Come on, you're in the chapel there. You're online. Do you feel like there's moments where it's like, if I just had that, man, if I only had what they had, if I only lived in that country, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I. No, no, we have been given everything we need to live this godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by the means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in His divine nature, and watch it, and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. Do you realize God's given you everything, but if you don't align your life to the way he's designed it to be, all you'll be is a nice decorative magnifying glass on the wall, but the moment it's aligned to the power of the sun is the moment it can harness what everyone else is getting from the sun in a greater way and power takes place. Focus births God's power in our potential. Put it this way, focus brings the power of his super into our natural. But if you're like me, let's be honest, we can sometimes wish we had other things and say it's all right for you because dot, 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 yet the scripture reminds us in Peter, you got everything. Like you don't need to add or take away. Who you are is all you need moment you align it to the right angle of the way Christ has called you and I to live is the moment we start to see a result that in this case could have been detrimental to that house, but actually what I'm unpacking for you and I today is to realize that our life will make a difference to a greater degree when we magnify who He is. And the final thought I have around focus, and the team are going to come and join, join me, is one of the benefits to focus is this, that focus births God's praise in our prison. So not only does God's purpose get birthed in our pain, not only does God's power get birthed in our potential, but the focus that we take responsibility for gives a birthing of God's praise in our prison. If you've been in church a little while, maybe you've been joining us online, you're You've done a lot of church life here, sitting in the chapel. You'll know of a couple of guys in the Bible by Paul and Silas. We know Paul pretty well because the Bible has many counts of Paul's life, but Paul and Silas find themselves in a challenging situation. In fact, they find themselves in prison. Really, we start to discover later on in the story, they should have never been put there. They were falsely accused, but nonetheless, they find themselves in prison. And why they find themselves in prison is because they were going about their day doing God's work, and some people took exception to it. They healed a young girl who 
had an evil spirit living on the inside of her, but that evil spirit gave her the ability to talk to people's futures, which gave her master the ability to make money. And so the master wasn't happy with the fact that his income stream was just cut off. It was coveted. And so he starts, the Bible says, to get an angry mob together, and they start calling these guys, hey, these guys are Jews, they're doing what's wrong, when in fact that was not the case, not their story anyway, but the mob forms nonetheless, and they get thrown into the, as the Bible puts it, inner dungeon. The picture you've probably got in your mind right now of prison is not the one they were in. This was below earth. This was level after level down. It was dark. It was wet. Everything from the prisoners above ended up down the bottom. It says they were shackled. They were chained to the jailer. There was no way out. This is the lowest of lows. This is the darkest of darkest. Yet they find themselves in the midst of the challenge after what they thought was doing the Lord's work and doing right, they find themselves falsely accused and they've ever been there when you stand up for what you believe and you get accused? Ever been there where you felt like you were doing a great job only to discover someone else didn't appreciate it? This is the moment they find themselves in. They're in this prison and they make a decision to not woe is me of themselves. I think they had every right to say, come on, God. I mean, here we are preaching your world healing people. And in fact, the story goes on to say that this moment creates a pathway for a jailer and his family to be saved. They're doing God's work and then this. And so they would have every right down the bottom of that prison to start yelling as loud as they can, blasphemes at God because it's not fair. We're doing what you asked us, God. That would have made sense in that moment, but we find in Acts 16, a different narrative. Verse 25 says, Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed. They prayed in the middle of the night and they sang songs of praise to God. Doesn't make sense but because their focus was on what God had asked them to do. They didn't let the circumstance dictate their response. They let the focus lead them through. So praise was found in the prison. They sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to your worship. Just for a moment, let's remember, as Christians, people are watching. If there was ever a year our faith is easy to share, it's this year, why? Because everyone's in the same kayak together, we're all feeling the same thing, yet our response can be one of praise rather than problem. And these guys discovered that it was the praise that would get them out of the prison. Verse 26, suddenly, suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door, every door flung open and the chains flung off all the prisoners because they all came loose. Focus allows you and I in our prison moments to praise. And I'm going to ask everyone to be standing 
in the chapel, there online, maybe you're in your lounge room, you're on the bus, I don't know where you may find yourself, here in the auditorium, I'd love for you to stand to your feet. Because the team have written a song that we've sung many times over. And the heart of the song is that even in our prison, we're going to choose to focus on praise. And maybe today you're in a place and you're discovering and you're realizing that focus has been on the problem or the prison or the scenario or the circumstance. But today you need to make a decision. My focus is going to be on Jesus. Maybe it's unfair. Maybe it shouldn't have been the way it is right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But just for a moment, could I encourage you to turn your eyes on Jesus? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the moment we choose to praise is the moment the prison walls start to break. It's the moment the prison doors start to fling open. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out church online wherever you are in the world just head to lifenz.org or download the life app to stay connected and find out more